Good evening. Good evening. This is Across the Tracks podcast. Well, welcome back to another exciting program, at least as far as me and my partner, Wayne, believe. And we're going to continue on and hopefully you'll enjoy or maybe strike your strike your fancy on some of the topics that we're going to talk about and discuss tonight. If not, that's cool as well. Um uh, so we'll we'll get this we'll get this thing started. I'm Steve. And I'm Wayne and welcome back. Glad you're joining us. It's a great day. We're glad to be here and we've got some interesting topics tonight. So looking forward to the discussion, my friend. Yes, sir. We are we've got a few topics. Some that are carryovers from last week and some that it just developed uh this week as we uh we come to you uh, this weekend. So we're going to we're going to move on and we're going to get right to it. Um, and I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to to uh, start with a, a topic for the night, sure, my brother. Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things that's interesting tonight, and uh, I think it has already taken place uh, on the East Coast and you're on the East Coast, you would know better than than I would. But tonight uh, we had the first uh, manned. Uh, launch, uh, a space launch that was not conducted by NASA. Uh, it was conducted by a commercial company, SpaceX. Uh, SpaceX is owned by Elon Musk, who is the also who's also the owner of Tesla. So SpaceX launched tonight, uh, hopefully, supposedly launched tonight at 7.27 your time. And uh, if you maybe possibly do a real-time fact check to see if that actually took place. The weather was good tonight for the launch. Uh, it was good to go. Supposedly there were no issues. They were going to launch at 727. Four astronauts headed to the International Space Station uh, to do some work. Uh, I think there was also a spacewalk involved in this. Uh, but this is a huge thing because for about 60-something years or so, uh, manned spaceflight had been controlled or conducted by NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. And so this is a big change uh, in the way um, manned spaceflight will probably be um, conducted from this point on uh, by commercial fir- firms um, supplying the ride for the astronauts uh, to outer space on commercial spacecraft. So, huge thing. Hopefully, the launch did go off. It was a success, uh, but a huge day in the space program of the United States. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's actually a wonderful thing because it did launch, cool. and it, the launch was successful, and so they are on their way to the uh, space station, and there are four astronauts on board, and as a matter of fact, this is a first for SpaceX, and the um, uh, commander of this um, of this unit, uh, there is a an African American guy by the name of uh, Victor Glover. Yep, uh, he's on the crew, and he will be uh, excuse me, he'll be the uh, person that will be doing some of the commanding of the uh, the. Uh, uh, the space uh, program, uh, the rocket that, that went up there. So uh, as of right now, it is on its way to the uh, uh, space station. Awesome. And uh, it's, um, it's, it should be there uh, early in the morning. Okay. Yeah. And um, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see how successful it is. 
and and so on. And and here's something else, Wayne, that kind of goes along with this. Uh, last weekend, uh, a week ago, Wednesday, uh, some of the members of our Corvette club, uh, we didn't drive our vets, but we went down to Spring Mill State Park, which is uh, in southern Indiana. And it is the home of Mitchell, Indiana. And Mitchell, Indiana is the home of Virgil Gus Grissom. Yay. All right. And so we uh, went by the uh, state park there, and they have a little museum uh, dedicated to, you know, Virgil Gus Grissom. It has his one of his um, uh, space capsules in there. Wow. Uh, one of the Gemini space capsules in there. It has his, you know, his uniform. It has his report cards. It has it has pictures of him in school. And one of the surprising things is that when he got to high school, his freshman year, he made some F's in, in, in school. <laughs> and so he becomes uh, an astronaut. Wow. And so, I, you know, he, he was good in, in math and science. And his English and his social study grades were were lacking some. And the little space capsule they had there was, I mean, it's it was the size and it was it had no home comforts whatsoever. Wow. I mean, it was basically a metal box, you know, with a few dials and right, right. Giz, gizmos on it. Yeah. And then you could see the heat shield and all that, you know, up close and see that and see that it was I don't know how they did it, but it was interesting that you could get that close to it and see that. So, yeah, SpaceX, um, there's the connection there. And NASA is not um, a part of it. They're kind of overseeing it. But SpaceX and Elon Musk and Tesla and all that. They're um, run the, running the whole show. Yeah, it's a it's a different uh, it's a different ball game now for uh, for manned space flight, uh, and it, it's you know I think progress that that's progress. Um, that you know for a long time you know when we were kids growing up we watched the space flights the launches and everything and it was always a government operation, mm-hmm. and so as things have progressed. Uh, these commercial companies that have been on the cutting edge of technology and science and whatnot, you know, they've been building, you know, rockets and airplanes, you know, to do things in travel that back then we thought were unimaginable. So here we are now, a commercial company, com- commercial firm, you know, is taking astronauts uh, into space. And NASA's, you know, like you said, they're they're involved, but you know they they don't have that hand in it like they used to. So yeah, it is it is a big day, big change uh, for the country. Uh, but the launch was a success. That is fantastic, and I'm sure there's going to be more uh, tremendous things to come from SpaceX um, now that they've partnered uh, with the government to provide um, those rockets to get the astronauts into space going forward. So great day yeah. for the country. Great day. Yeah, we and, need something. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. need. Something. We need some positive. We need some positive. It it goes back to when we were, like you mentioned a a few seconds ago, when we were young, we used to watch the space launches all the time. It was carried, all TV programming would stop, and we would sit there and watch that. And now it's it's something that has kind of 
disappeared simply because there's so many other stimuli that the world has and the American people has. And watching this is something that probably a lot of people won't won't be concerned about, especially young people today. Right, right. You know, and, you know, the the space capsule that these guys are going up in is it's a Tesla. Yep. I mean, they have a big this it's nothing but touchscreen. Everything is touchscreen on there. You know, their their uniforms is just not like it used to be. So it's a new era. I don't know if I'll be one of those people to say that I want to go into space. I don't think I'll be one of those guys, but there'll be people that will get that opportunity, you know, to do that. So not me. Yeah. They are making those opportunities available, man, to, to people in the future who want to experience space flight. But I'm not one of those people. (laughs) I'll keep my behind on the ground. So, on the ground, keep my feet on the ground. So, yeah, yeah great day for the country. Like I say, we we need something positive to 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 latch on to, and this is a positive thing. So, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, let's let's transition to uh, let's look at the last time that we were on. We had talked about uh, the elections of uh, 2020 presidential election. And as of right now, the election has been called, but someone is happened to be in denial. <laughs> I, I mean, wonder who that is. <laughs> they haven't officially certified everything yet, but the the tea leaves have been turned over. Uh, the ace card has been been flipped up and we know how the election is going to turn out. Now, the biggest thing right now is that Georgia has some stupid ass rule of you have to have 50% plus in order to uh, win or you go to an immediate runoff election. Right. And I don't know if we may have talked about this last week, but it is definitely I perceive it as a way of suppressing votes simply because there's been a history of black and brown communities coming out to vote for presidential elections in big numbers. And then when it comes to uh, another election soon thereafter, two years, you know, midterm elections, brown and black folks don't come out. All right. So I feel that Georgia has put that in their um, constitution to say that you have to have 50 percent plus simply because they know the history of brown and black folks. So. There may you may have won the popular vote, but now we have to have these runoff elections. And now we know that we're going to keep you out because you guys don't come out and vote the second time around. Therefore, we're going to pass this legislation and we'll be able to keep control of the legislature, keep control of all of our Senate offices and and so on. So. I, I'm praying 
that the people of Georgia, brown and black folks, come out and vote against uh, Senators Purdue and Leffler yep. and put Raphael Warnock and uh, Todd, I can't think of his last name now. John Ossoff. John Ossoff. Yep. I hope I hope they they're able to win, not for a selfish reason, but I hope that they win so that it gives a 50 50 break in the uh, United States Senate and it will give the Democrats a majority. Yep. Not that I'm supporting the Democrats. It's just that I friggin hate Mitch McConnell. Yep. Yep. And if it comes 50-50, it puts Mitch McConnell in the minority and his dumb ass can't hold up legislation that is good for the American people like he has been doing. Yep. He's been holding up judges. He's only looking out for his own rich ego and folks. Yep. And yep. so if the people of Georgia come back out and vote in Raphael Warnack and John Ossoff, then that's going to give it a 50-50 break. And the Senate uh, president, which is the vice president, yep. gets the uh, deciding vote on that's right. if, if, it's, if it's tied, 50-50. Madam vice president. Madam vice, vice president <laughs> gets to sit in and then gets to uh, cast the deciding vote there. Yep, yep. What are your thoughts? No, I, I, I'm down with you 100%, man. Um, I, I think Warnock would have won. I think Warnock would have won yep. had not Collins got into the race. And I think that was a strategic thing. I think he got in the race to to take away the number of votes so that Warnock would not get to that 50 percent because 50 he, he would have won. If Collins had not gotten the race, Warnock would have he would have had more than 50 percent, I do believe. Yeah. But that was a strategic thing, man, to, to keep to keep him out. Uh, he entered the race as a third party candidate. So um, I would not put it past Stacey Abrams. I would not vote against Stacey Abrams and the other folks down in Georgia that have been rallying people, registering people getting people to to take the vote seriously, don't bet against them come January the 5th. I think you're going to see a huge turnout because of what's at stake. And I wholeheartedly agree, man. If, if they're able to turn those two seats over, then Yertle has nothing to say anymore. Yeah. He, uh, he is now in the minority. And maybe for once, something can get done to help the American people. On the other hand, I also think that uh, the Biden-Harris administration, I think, um, and this was on, I don't know if you ever watched the readout on MSNBC with Joy Reid. I don't know if you ever watched that or not. Yep, okay. But the other day, uh, she was talking about the relationship between um, President-elect Biden and Mitch McConnell. There is some friendship there that goes back a long way. Yeah. And so some folks are thinking that that friendship can be leveraged so that work can be done. Maybe there is some um, some ways to work together uh, because of that friendship. And then Joy chimed in. She said, you know what? I, I think that's possible because Biden's not the black guy this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, 
And, and, and Joe <laughs> Biden, he's been in the Senate. He knows yeah. how it works. Yes. And he's going to, you know, he's going to stroke their ego yeah. and all of that. Yeah. And Yertle the Turtle, you know, <laughs> Mitch McConnell, he's going to come around. He's going to play. He's going to play fair in the beginning. But when it comes down to nut breaking time, he's going to stab Joe in the back just as quick as Kojak. I, 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 I'm telling you, yeah. your friendship only goes to the surface with Yertle the turtle. <laughs> I, I really believe that. And it's, as I mentioned probably last time, it's those Tea Party folks. It's, yeah. the, it's that stupid QAnon person that's in there now. Yeah, Those yeah. are the people that, that um, uh, McConnell has going to have to deal with. And if they can get them to change, which they're not, you know, the, right. Jim, the Jim Jordans and those type yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, those are the ones that's going to be most concerning, even though that even though that uh, that relationship between them has been good and they w- know one another when it comes down to, when it comes down to getting serious votes and, and it's going to looks like he's going to give up his opportunity to control the Senate. I mean, the be, be the Senate majority leader. He going to stab Joe Joe in the back. He ain't yeah. going to give a shit about Joe. Right. I guarantee you that. Because if these if these people go along with some of these things and these people that are the so-called Trumpsters out there, they know that they're going to be getting their behinds voted out of office every couple of years now. So he sees himself as I got to control these people so that I can keep control of the Senate so I can keep appointing judges and all that kind of crap, you yeah, know, and yeah. not doing what's best. That's that's my thought on it. I agree with you, yeah. but I think there's a certain point in time that, you know, friendship only comes up to a certain part, comes True. to the edge of the water. You True. know what I mean? True. Yeah. Well, this, this can all become a moot point if those two seats are, are taken in Georgia. Yep. And Reverend Warnock and John Ossoff are appointed to the Senate. And uh, the Democrats take control. The president of the Senate is Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. And uh, we're good to go because now you may see some actual work being done on behalf of the American people. All this crap about people talking about, you know, we care about the American people. No, you don't. Your actions have shown here for the last three years or so, four years, excuse me. That uh, your interests don't lie with the American people. I mean, we, we see it. And so legislation's not being passed. It's sitting on people's desks for months and months and months and nothing's being nothing's being done. And people are suffering. People are hurting in this country. And if you really care about the American people, you would have done something about it. So we are praying hard that come January, uh, the Democrats get control of the Senate. And we're going to see some things. I think some good things are going to happen because uh, Moscow, Mitch, Yertle, the turtle, whatever you want to call him, his ass will be out of the mix. Yeah. You know, well, one so other thing, one other thing with that, Wayne, is that on the other side of the coin, uh, we have some very, very progressive uh, Democrats. Yes. And so. uh uh, Biden's going to have to deal with them. You know, we have a very, very progressive group. You know, Biden's more moderate 
And so he's going to have to get those people to go along also. So he's going to have to walk a a tight line on the other end as well as Mitch having to deal with those crazy tea party people. So is Joe going to have to do with those crazy uh, far left, I guess you could say, are very yeah. progressive uh, members yeah. of the Democratic Party. So it's not going to be an easy, it's not going to be as easy as Joy Reid thinks it may be. Right, right. Because, you know, our, our country is completely separated. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. and, you know, um, there is a Warren, uh, Warren report, okay? This is kind of going back a quick history lesson here. You know, after the Kennedy assassination and after the Martin Luther King Jr. assassination, President Johnson um, wanted Chief Justice Warren to go out and figure out why there's so much animus, there's so much, so many problems between the races in America. And this was 1968, 1969. And, um, Chief Justice Warren came back and told the president and said that, Mr. President, America is becoming separate but not equal. Black and whites, we are starting to tear our, our, our countries apart. You know, we are starting to become more partisan. That's a fancy word today. Mm-hmm. White folks are only looking after white folks. Black folks are looking after black folks and so on. And so we the, the, the idea of political parties working together as they did prior to 1995, that's done. Yeah, that's over, because if you are an R or you are a D in particular, I'm going to say this in particular an R, you're only looking out for other R's. That's like the state of that I live in right now in Indiana. They don't give a shit if you were, uh, if you killed Houdini, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you took out uh, Muhammad or Jesus Christ or anybody, I, I, anything there is, if you are a R, you're going to vote for the R, regardless of your character or whatever. I don't get it. Wow. I don't get it. I think... This is just me personally. I've never just voted for one way. I think the people in this state only wants to vote one way because they only see things one way. They want to be known as a winner. We voted for this guy and we're always going to vote for this guy or this political party. And so you're never wrong if you're always going to win the presidential, if your your side always wins the presidential uh, election, you always get those electoral votes, so they just go along with it. Wow. You know, it's it's almost like they're kissing their cousins all the time. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost like they're ancestral, the uh, 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 electoral incest is all they do. <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> electoral incest, I like that. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it, it it it's different, man. It it is different. Um, my wife and I were talking the other day. You know, we we, we don't have those um, we don't have those Jim Bakers anymore. Nope. You know, we, we we don't have anybody that can walk over to the White House and tell the current occupant, uh, "Sir, it's time to move on." We we don't have anybody that character now. 
You know, they're they're all afraid to ruffle this guy's feathers. And I don't know why, you know, but that 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 type of leadership and that stature of leadership for the James Bakers. And I forgot who it was who walked over and, you know, had to tell Nixon, Mr. President, this is over. Yeah. You know, this is over. You, You need to get ready to go. Yep. So the Sam you know, Rayburns and the Tip O'Neill's. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We, we 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 don't have that type of leadership uh, in age, and and that's that's what's required to to quell this mess that's going on now. Somebody in the Republican Party needs to walk over to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or Black Lives Matter Plaza, whatever the new name is, and say, Mr. President, it's time to go. It's they need over. A, they need a very Goldwater moment. We we need something, right? Because and and that leadership is severely lacking today. So I I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, it it seems like we're going backwards instead of forward. So um, I, I I hear you on a lot of fronts that McConnell's got his people to deal with inside his party. Biden's got those progressive folks, the AOCs, the Ayanna Presleys, the Ian Omars. He's got to deal with those folks who think it's their time, you know. But I think Biden, like you said, he's been there. He's done it. I think he's the type of guy that's going to try to, like you said, stroke people's egos to get their cooperation. I, I think he, he's going to be able to do that. I hope he's going to be able to do that. I hope he is, too. I hope Because he uh, something's got to change. Something has to change here because we're headed on. We're already on it. But we, we got to turn the ship around and, and, and get back to uh, being civil and, you know, working for the good of the people and giving the people what they want, you know, what they need. And, and that's that's where we got to get to, man, and, and get this covid mess under control. Yeah. Um, you know, while we're talking, you know, that's a good segue point. Covid is exploding again and we're, we're dealing with it here, spiking up. I'm sure you've got it going on there. A lot of countries are not countries, a lot of states. Well, cause some countries are going to lockdowns too, yep. uh, in Europe going to lockdowns. And so here in the States, you know, a lot of States now are locking down again and, um, you know, nothing's being done. You know, the president elect and the vice president elect, there's, there's really not a whole lot they can do because right. they don't occupy the office. But the current occupant and his VP, they have left the playing field. They have they have left the playing field and said, what the hell? <laughs> you know, uh, and, and to me, that's appalling, man. You're still in the game. What do they say? It ain't over to the fat lady sings. And the fat lady doesn't. She might be warming up, but she don't sing until 12 noon on January the 20th. So until that time, you're the president of the United States. You're supposed to have the welfare of the people of this country, uh, that's your number one priority. And you have advocated that. And COVID is running rampant, man. And, and he's just, eh, I'm going to go golf. I'm going to tweet for a while, whatever. He's advocated his responsibility to take care of the American people. So I, I'm not sure where we're headed, my friend. I'm not sure where we're headed. Yeah, he's he and Pap, <laughs> I'm going to call them the Roberto Durans of political <laughs> health care. You're on it tonight, man. No mom. No mom. <laughs> because they have. They've just said, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, no mom. I, I quit. <laughs> I don't want to fight anymore. They've just thrown. 
they've thrown in the tile, the, the, they've thrown in the towel, they've walked off the playing court, you know, they're boycotting the COVID, 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 COVID. Yeah, you know, yeah. they they've just they just turned their back on the American people. They just turned yeah. their back on yeah. dealing with this issue. He doesn't want to hear about it because, as you mentioned, he is a coward. Yeah. You know, and he's how can all of these people who supported him, 70 million people voted for him. And of those 70 million people, he's telling them, screw you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Those 70, uh, many of those 70 million people are going to the local drugstore, buying them some KY gel, dropping their pants, <laughs> slapping it on their bun. Oh, my gosh. And he is sticking it to them and they are smiling Ooh. about it. Man, you got to not even rolling here in the they're studio. They're not even concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. President. Can I have some more? Oh because we God. love you. We love you so much. I want you to screw us. And that's oh exactly God. what's happening. I don't Man. get it. Well, you you are putting out some uh, very vivid explanations tonight. <laughs> You got me dying here in the studio, man. I, but you're absolutely right, man. These 70 plus million people still were going to ride with this guy. And it's like, you know, it's sort of like Jim Jones in Guyana. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Jim Jones told all these people, yeah, I can do that. We need to. And you come drink this Kool-Aid, but I'm not. I'm not going to drink it. You drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and, you, and your ass is dead. And I mean, that's that's what this is akin to, man, that people can say this guy don't give a rat's ass about you. Don't care. And he and he, he, he it, it is on full display when it comes to covid because he and he and he, he hadn't had a briefing. And I don't know when that out of the blue, he decides to to have a briefing here on Friday. And it's like, dude, you're 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 too late, man. The, the game is over. <laughs> and and the game is over. We're getting ready to bring in a new squad. And you and your 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 VP, you guys have abandoned the American people at the most critical time. You know, you lied about it for months. People were following you. I mean, that, I mean, literally coming to your rallies, people getting sick, people dying. You're, one of your one of the guys who you praise was a great businessman, whatever. He dies at one from one of your rallies. And you don't even have the courage to mention this guy's name anymore. Yeah. You know? He, well, he, hell, uh, 136 you know, Secret Service men yes. have yes. come down with it or, yeah. or quarantine yeah. because his ass wants to fly all over the country and right. give rallies and stuff right. like that. Right. And all of his minions are following him and they're all coming down with it. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. If, if that isn't the definition of cowardly, I don't know what is. Because, uh, you know, you take an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and there's a few other things in there that you are required to do. And one of those, Chief, is you are required to take care of the American. You are you are supposed to be looking out for the American people. And 246,000-something people have died on your watch, not Obama's watch, not on Biden's watch. They've died on your watch. This is on you. And you have denied, denied, denied. You've lied, lied, lied. It's a hoax. And then, you know, all kind of stupid. 
stupid stuff that you've come up with. But these 246, 247,000 souls that have left this earth, they're on you. And you can't blame anybody else but your dumbass. And so <laughs> the fact that 70-something people will still ride or die with this guy, that tells you something about our country, man. Yeah. It tells you something about this country. You, that we, you know, we've got some truly misguided people, truly misguided. Do you remember Captain Queeb? I do. <laughs> Where are the strawberries? Where are the strawberries at? <laughs> Instead of trying to find, you know, PPEs and all right. that stuff, right. he's looking for strawberries. Right, right. I and the country, was, right. the country's dying, right. and he's out looking for strawberries, looking Captain Queeb. You know, count count the number of strawberries in this can. I thought, you know, it's like, dude. I mean, he, he, man, I tell you, we, you know, it's time. It is time. I'm hoping that we we now that we have a competent individual that's going to occupy the White House. He's going to put a great team in place, and you know, people better get ready. You know, this this is you know we're talking. This is in the realm of COVID, but people need to get ready. The only way we're going to beat this is if we got to do it together and everybody's got to get on the same page, man. I don't think he's going to go to a national lockdown, but I think he's going to solicit the help of the governors to mandatory mask wearing. And I think one of the gentlemen on his team, his task force, his COVID task force that he put together um, made a comment the other day on um, one of the, uh, one of the shows, I think it might've been the beat uh, with Ari Melber, um, he said, hey, we we can survive a lockdown if and the government has to make it. It has to make it amenable to folks to understand and survive while or if we went to a national lockdown, the funds and the, the monies that have to people need to survive. Those funds need to be made available to those folks. So if we do lock down for six weeks or something, Money is flowing so folks' business can survive. Families right. can survive. They can pay the rent. Then folks won't take it as hard because they can see, okay, I, I got I got a means to survive. But telling people we're, we're going to lock down and you don't give them a means to support themselves where they don't see there's light at the end of the tunnel, that's the bad thing. But I think that's something that Biden and his team are going to look at. Make the funds available to people, the small businesses, the people who need to pay their rent, their mortgage, whatnot. Make those funds available to them. So if we do have to go to a national lockdown, it's not going to be as painful because you can sustain yourself for the six weeks, whatever it is. That money is flowing to you. That's what we need to do. And I think uh, hopefully that's going to happen. But um, we, we're abandoned now, man. We're abandoned. We're, we're, we're like we're like the USS Minnow on Gilligan's Island, man. We're just <laughs> we're, we're out here on on a three hour tour, which turned into a shipwreck, and uh, we we don't know if we're ever going to get off this island, man. But uh, there is hope coming in the form of of a new administration come January the twentieth. But until then, man, we're we're, we're lost. We're yeah. we're lost on this one, desert one, isle. <laughs> one thing yeah. to go along with that, man. Is the fact that uh, Moscow Mitch has had the CARES Act on his desk yep. Yep. since June, maybe? Yep. Yep. And the, May the or May time frame? Yep. The May, May or June. Yep. And the reason he didn't even bring it up to to for a vote simply because he I I feel that he was using it as an election 
uh, deterrent because if they would have passed that and you saw that the House of Representatives under the leadership of Nancy Pelosi, if they would have passed that and these people, as you mentioned, said, hey, I've got another 600 bucks a week to go towards my my family and to go towards my business, actually to help the businesses out. And that would ease that pain, as you were mentioned just a right. few minutes ago. Right. And there are some people and, and, and this past summer, Lynn and I went out to a friend's um, lake house. And while we we're at the lake house, uh, one of one of the friends said that, you know, they are against these people getting 600 bucks a, a, a week for unemployment insurance. And they thought it was too much. And I'm thinking 600 bucks a month. You break that down over working 40 hours a week. That's 15 bucks right. an hour. And even at that, there's not a lot of people that can, can survive on 15 bucks an hour. No. And have taxes taken out of it. And, right. and right. so whatever. I know that the Biden administration is talking about raising the minimum wage up to 15 bucks. But that's that's just a starting point. Right. Right. You know, so back to what you were talking about, uh, whoever the guy was that was talking on the, the beat. Yeah, we need the government needs to help these people out. You yeah. know, back in the 1930s, they had the WPA yeah. and they had the CCC. You know, a lot of these parks that are in Indiana, you know, that was was built back in the 1920s and 30s was built by the CCC. That's right. You know, and we play at a football stadium in, in Perry Township that was built in 1936 by the WPA. Yep. You know, the walls are still original that was built there at, yep. at that at that time. So in order to make money, you got to spend money. Right, right. So instead of giving these big tax breaks to all these really, really wealthy corporations and whatnot, help the people out. You know, do some infrastructure, create jobs, right. you know, do another do another WPA or CCC or WEA. Right. You know, right. do that. Pay right. people to get out there and do something. And right. then a lot of these problems would disappear. Right. Right. Because people see like, hey, I, 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 they, they would see light at the end of the tunnel. And right now, there's there's not a lot of light, man. All people hear is we got to wear a mask. We got to stay at home. We got to lock down. We can't go anywhere. It's not safe to travel. People don't have any hope right now. Right. And so if if they're able, if they can get. The, the Congress, the Senate, to pass a bill. I, I think I think we need to look at what was done when Obama and Biden came into office in 08. Things were teetering on the brink of disaster. They bailed out the auto industry, the banks and whatnot. They did that. That was a, that was necessary. People can bitch and complain about all they want to. But had not that action been taken, we might be in a whole different position today. Might be worse. Yeah. If 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 that if those banks in the auto industry had failed. So I think we're at an inflection point now to where the government needs to step in and say, look, we got, we need to do two things. We need to get this COVID mess under control. The way we do that is we may have to go to a national lockdown. And but you got to tell people we're doing this, but 
On the other hand, this is what we're going to make available to you. You're going to be able to pay your employees. You're going to be able to sustain your families because we're going to have the funds coming to you on a regular basis. No snafus, none of this. Well, you know, we don't know where the money. No, we need to make sure that the money is flowing to the people that need it. And it's timely and it's it's good to go. No, no, no hold up, no snap, nothing. It's going as advertised. And I think once that's in place, People will accept the fact, okay, we're going to get this COVID under control, but we we see light at the end of the tunnel. And then once COVID's under control, then now, yeah, we we can restore the economy. As Biden says, you you, you don't get the economy back until you deal with COVID. Right. You know, that's what, you know, people have to understand. We all have to be on the same page with this. Yeah, I'm getting tired of wearing this mask and, and not having nowhere to go. You know, I canceled my trip to Florida to go. We were going to go visit our daughter for Thanksgiving. We've canceled that trip. Not going home for none of the holidays to visit family or friends. A lot of people are making that sacrifice because it is a scary time with this virus going around. And so if we have if we want any semblance of getting back to be able to visit our friends and go to visit museums and go to concerts again and whatnot, we got to stand up together right now. Now's the time. Everybody can be out doing their own lone wolf bullshit going on. We all got to be on one accord. And I think Biden can do that. But it's going to take cooperation of both parties of Congress. And the American people have to buy into it. And I think they will if it is done in a manner that people can see, hey, I'll lock down. Yes, sir, I'm down with you. But I see that you're sustaining me and I can survive this lockdown. That's what it's going to take. Do you, Wayne, do you think of those 70 million people that voted for the current occupant? Do you think that they're going to wear masks? What what percentage do you think I, they're going to yeah. wear masks? I, I think out of the 70 million, I think about 25 or 30 million or so, they ain't going to wear a damn mask. I don't care what happens. They're, 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 they're down with his cause regardless. The rest of the folks, I think they realize now, you know what? Uh, this is over. The hype is over. We need to get serious about, you know, getting this the getting this mess under control. I think there is maybe about 25, 30 million. I don't care what you tell them. They're not going to wear a mask and they're, and they're going to be out there congregating and doing whatever. But I do think of 40 or so percent of those folks realize that, you know what, um, like you say, man, man, we've been screwed big time, you know, and, and they're, and they're going to see the light and say, OK, we, we, we need to get this under control. I, I'm not putting myself out there anymore. This is ridiculous. That's what I think. That's what I think. I, like he said, man, he could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and nobody would care. Those folks are still going to ride or die with him. No matter what he does, they are going to be there. And I think out of that 70 million, I think it's probably about 25 or 30 million that that he's still our guy. You know, Donald's our man. We, we, <laughs> we will go to the to the depths of hell with him if we have to. And yeah. they will. They, they will. will. They don't and go they will. Yeah, it's a, it's something else, man. Yeah, something I don't else. I don't understand it. I don't understand it that uh, people are that gullible. That um, you know, you see the numbers. I'm sure they see the numbers every day, man. That is a hell of a lot. Two hundred forty-seven thousand people are dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are dead. They have left this planet, and it didn't have to be that way. 
if you are the leader of supposedly of the free world and you get information through your channels that, hey, something deadly is coming to your country. You are the leader of the United States of America. Something deadly is coming to your country. You've been told about it, but you don't have the balls to step forward to the American people and say, my fellow Americans, this is what's going to happen. We need to get together with this. We need to stand together. These are the actions I'm going to take as the president of the United States, because I want everyone to be safe. I want everyone's family to be safe. And this is what we need to do to come out on the other side better than you know we are right now. We can do this. If he had done that, he'd be president. He, he, he would have another term. I yeah. believe that. If he had taken the courage to do that, he would have another term. But no, you're a freaking coward. You've always <laughs> been a coward. You know, you don't want to panic the American people. Give me a break. You know, presidents, <laughs> of- have made, presidents have made tough calls, man, throughout history. And you, you, the American people aren't stupid. We will understand because that's who we are as Americans. We have always risen to the challenge. But you're not telling people, and this is going on for month after month after month, and people are dying. And and yet he hasn't said a word about, you know, you know, you know, feeling, you know, sorrow or sadness about all this. I haven't heard him utter a word about that. Well, he's still pouting over the election. So, you know, I mean, you know, come on, man. This, he's only this, said two words since last Tuesday. So. You're, you're a you're a 74 year old coward. <laughs> and, uh, you know, dude, it, you need to get off the stage, man. You know, like like the uh, what is it? Showtime at the Apollo, the Sandman. He's <laughs> Sand- <come> on <laughs> and sweep your ass off the stage <laughs> because you have failed. You have failed in your job as the leader of this country and the 70 plus million people that voted for your ass. I I wonder about you. I truly wonder about you. Yeah. Uh, what what the hell are you thinking? Yeah. Because with 247 thousand some people dead, it's plain to see this guy don't give a rat's ass about no one but himself. He got his. He got COVID. He got his. But. People are dying and, you know, he, he's he's like you say, man, he has abdicated the throne. He has abdicated the throne and gone on about his business. And that's how we should treat him. You know, you are a forgotten entity in our lives. You're a blip on the on the, you know, in, in the in the annals of history, man. I You're wish gonna it's going to. I wish it would be that way, but he's got a phone. He's got yeah. a Twitter account. He, he's, so yeah, he's still got a Twitter. That's 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 not going to be a blip. I mean, he's yeah. he's going to be out there. But anyway, I think we should change the subject. Change the subject. Well, you know, we don't want to get ourselves upset and start <laughs> right. having heart palpitations or anything like that. You know, or hemorrhoids. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, let's let's go to another topic here while we got uh, got a few minutes. Um, okay. Uh, you mentioned something that we had a conversation earlier. You mentioned something about DACA. What's going on yeah. with with DACA? Yeah. So a federal judge, um, and and let's let's backtrack a little bit. So okay. Um, the the current occupant made a lot of appointments uh, to his cabinet, and some of these appointments were done on um, I guess executive order type realm. To where the individuals didn't—they were interim type acting, acting type secretaries of certain entities. 
because they couldn't find a permanent person to fill the role. So he or they couldn't qualify or they couldn't qualify. Right. To to fill the role. The current director of the Department of Homeland Security is one of those individuals. They're an interim type appointment. And so during that time, while they were acting as this interim director, they made a ruling to suspend DACA. And for most people to know, the DOC is the dreamers. These were kids that came to America as children. Their parents brought them here. They've been here. They've contributed to society. They 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 do a lot of things in our society that probably folks you know don't know. I mean, they serve in the military. They're they're teaching our school. They do a lot of great things for this country. Brought here as kids, and so um, they've been allowed to stay here. But this current DHS director, Chad uh, Wolf. Chad Wolf uh, made a ruling to suspend DACA. Well, a federal judge, I think it was uh, Friday or Saturday, said, well, no, uh, you yourself were illegally appointed. So <laughs> if you're illegally appointed, you have no authority to suspend DACA. So the federal judge upheld DACA. So these kids who came here as as innocent, you know, the parents are brought here, they were innocent. Uh, they are going to be allowed to stay, and that's a great thing. It's a great thing for the country. And the the new administration coming in, they have promised to uphold DACA as well. And so um, I, I think it's great, man. But it just it, it it that's another example of people not caring about other people. You know, you 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 just you're just willfully putting people in positions to tear down things that. In the long run, they're very beneficial to this country. But because you don't like certain groups of people, you have an ass against certain groups of people, you want to put things in place, stumbling blocks in place to deter them from being all they can be while they're here in this country. And it's appalling, in my opinion. So I'm glad the federal judge stood up and said, no, but hell no. Uh, <laughs> DACA is still in, in, in alive and well. And so uh, your thoughts uh, on on that uh, big uh, decision here a couple of days ago? Yeah, it was, uh, as a matter of fact, it was late, early Saturday morning. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yesterday, yeah. Okay. yesterday morning. And so back in the summer, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that the current administration uh, tried to shut down DACA and end the protections under it. And so they decided to take take it up a notch and uh, try to take it to court and so on. And then that's where the the uh, judge literally said that you can't do that. And uh, it is a positive positive step in the direction that these kids or these adults now that came here as children. And as children, we don't we go where our parents go. You know, right. we don't have time to think about that. You know, when right. when I used to go visit my relatives in Florida and Louisiana, hell, my both my parents smoked. I hated I hated them to smoke, but I had no choice. Right. I had to sit in the back of the car and ride, you know, <laughs> 13 hours to Gainesville and ride another 12 hours to home of Louisiana. So I had no choice. It's kind of like the DACA people. You know, they came, their parents brought them here, and they were going with their parents. They had no choice. And they are productive citizens. A lot of them, as you mentioned, 
in the military. Some of them are uh, in our colleges and teachers and working yep. as EF, uh, EMSs yeah. and professionals all over. And they, they've made it through school. They're, they're surviving and they're paying taxes like uh, yeah. everybody else is. Right. They're right. a productive part of society. And because the current administration uh, practices racism openly, uh, and they want to, number one, take another uh, spike away from the Obama administration, yep. then uh, they're hurting all these people. Yep. And so because of that, this federal judge made, judge made the correct ruling that this guy wasn't even – didn't even go through the process of becoming Homeland Security – the Department of Homeland Security's chief – because he was appointed as an acting. And so what the current administration has done is that he's firing people and he's appointing uh, acting administrators to do that job because the majority of these people cannot go through the Senate process and be approved by the Senate. So he's going through the loophole of appointing these people to these positions as acting directors and so on, because he knows that they're idiots and are not going to be able to <laughs> go through and live up to the scrutiny of the Senate confirmation aspect of it. So once again, it, 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 it shows you the character of the leader who's appointing these people to these positions. Yep. 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 And uh, I, I'm 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 happy that, you know, a lot a lot of what's been done these last uh, four years, uh, in my opinion, and you may share the same sentiment, but a lot of what's what's been happening the last four years, uh, in my humble opinion, has been to try to destroy the previous president's legacy. The things he did systematically, one by one. Uh, to try to destroy those things that were put in place uh, to improve the lives of all Americans, you know, uh, make the water cleaner, make our, um, you know, clean energy and, and air and water. All those protections have been rolled back. You know, emission standards for cars, those been rolled back. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's like one after another, just chip, chip, chip away. So, Biden is coming in. He's going to restore a lot of that. We're going to be back into the Paris Accords. Uh, He's going to uh, get back into looking at uh, renewing the nuclear deal with Iran, getting that back on the table, erasing a lot of these bullshit executive orders that were doing nothing but destroying the environment. Um, And it's like you got ah, man, I don't don't want to get spun up, but (laughs) it, it made it made no sense. Dude, what are you doing? You know, you are you are destroying this country little by little. And and you're proud of that. And so uh, I, I'm glad to see that, that a lot of that crap is going to be reversed. And uh, you have somebody and people now that are really serious about climate change and whatnot. So a lot of these people that have been appointed as interim and, and were clueless as to what their jobs were or they were there. Uh, specifically to destroy and roll back the protections that have been put in place under that agency or whatnot, they're going to be gone. And and we're going to have a big house cleaning come January the 20th. I'm so happy about that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 
this election, at least democracy is going to survive another yes. four years. Yes, yes, you know? absolutely. Um, and and that's to me is the most important, the yep. most important thing is that democracy uh, just dodged a bullet. Yep. You know. Oh yeah, we we the we current were occupant in there. We were teetering on the brink, man, because I, I'm truly I truly believe that I don't think we could have survived another four years of this foolishness. Right, a democracy was was breathing its last breath. I think, man, it was breathing hard. And uh, I just you know, you ask a lot of people, man, they just they were like stressed out all the time because you don't <laughs> yeah. know. you didn't know you didn't know. And so this is great that, uh, you know, democracy won and uh, we're going to keep moving forward. And, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to what what's going to happen here. And in the, in the next what are we down to now? Sixty five, something. Sixty six. Sixty six. Sixty six. Sixty six and 66 days. And, uh, you know, bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. So uh, I was I was sitting here, man, in the background. Um, you know, I've got the game on Sunday Night Football in the background while we're watching. And uh, I just heard, man, Paul Horning died. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, great running back, Green Bay yep. Packers. Um, that that great, you know, Bart Starr, Paul Horning, that era. Um, yeah, he died. Uh, actually, he died November the 13th. Um, at the age of 84, man. So uh, those were the, again, man, those, the great era of the NFL, in my opinion, man, when uh, a lot of those Super Bowls between the Packers and the, and the, the Cowboys playing in uh, Lambeau Field on the frozen turf and all, I mean, that, yeah, that serious, hardcore football. <laughs> Packers, the Packers and the Chiefs and the uh, Minnesota Vikings were the first few. Super Bowl and the Baltimore Colts, of course. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. But Paul Horning, he was from Louisville. He was from Louisville. Went to yep. Flagey High School. Flagey. That's where <laughs> Lynn Lynn did some time at Flagey before really? she before she went to Mercy Academy and all private wow. school. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was a Heisman Trophy uh, winner. Uh, but man, I, I remember, I remember those, those games, man. Uh, and I actually, I, I liked the Packers back then, man. Cause they, I mean, they, you know, Bart Starr, number 15, Paul Horning won number five. And, uh, that was just in your face, hardcore football, man. And yeah, uh, it was football of the time. That's what it was. It was. Fo- yes. Football of the time. Hall of Fame. Yards and a cloud of dust. That's right. So Hall of Famer, and uh, again from our from our neck of the woods, uh, Louisville, Kentucky, and so uh, a hometown guy from uh, from our neck of the woods. So rest in peace, Mr. Paul Horning, man. Yes, sir, you know, yeah. everybody everybody from probably 1966 on till probably 1974 or so, everybody ran the Green Bay Sweep. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Everybody ran the Green Bay sweep. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things you go back to. And since, I mean, believe it or not, I'm I've watched every Super Bowl. Wow. I have I have not missed one. I've watched wow. them all. I was nine years old when the first Super Bowl came around, and I've watched every one. Yeah. And I never missed one. 
I think I missed a few. I think I missed a few uh, being overseas, uh, you know, during 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 the military overseas because it's it, weird, man. Sometimes the Super Bowl would come on at two o'clock in the morning. In the morning. You know, <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh gosh, did you forget to get up or something like that? But I remember listening to a lot of sports, man, on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, especially basketball. I, w- I would listen to NBA games on the radio when overseas because a lot of places you didn't have uh, armed forces television or whatnot. And so you'd end up listening on the radio. And it was like, you know, you could actually put your, your imagination with tape, <laughs> you know, and it, it yep. was actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. It was actually pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, Paul Horning. Um, passed away, man. So rest, rest in peace, uh, Mr. Paul. Great, great NFL player and a great, uh, great human being. So, yeah. um, I want to wrap up tonight, man, with something that that caught my attention here this past week. As as we talked about a little bit last week, but Wednesday, this past Wednesday was Veterans Day, mm-hmm. and um, I was listening to Get Up, uh, watching Get Up with Stephen A. and uh, Max Kellerman and and Molly, I think you're more of a, a undisputed with Shannon and, uh, Skip. and Skip Bayless. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So Get Up was uh, they did their show at different military bases uh, the, the, during the week, and uh, when Veterans Day came, they were at um, they were at Fort Orwin out in California Army uh, Army uh, location, and and I'm you know I'm cool you know it's like. But their focus was on people that were serving. It wasn't on people who had served. Mm-hmm. And so I before we go off the air, I just want to throw this out. I don't think people understand the difference between Veterans Day, Memorial Day, and Armed Forces Day. Correct. And Veterans Day is to honor those who have served, period. It's to honor those who have served. Memorial Day is to honor those who have served, but also those who have given their lives in the service of this nation as a member of the armed forces. Armed Forces Day recognizes the men and women who are serving, are serving in right. the military right now. Yep. So I, 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 I kept watching. I think, OK, when they got, they were focused more on people that were currently serving. And I'm cool with that. I, you know, I think uh, America's military, they they need all the love and respect that they can get. But we need to understand what the day means. And I think in America, a lot of times we, we get those days confused. Right. And so I just wanted to throw that out. Um, you know, that there is a difference between the three days. Right, and, right, uh, right. And so people understand that. So, uh, but I, I, that's something that caught my eye. And I, and I said, man, I wish I could call in <laughs> and say, guys, uh, this is what Veterans Day is about. But, you know, couldn't do yeah. that. Yeah, that's why, you know, in Indianapolis, every, every May they have the 500 and they always do something for the armed services. Yeah. Because the 500 is the last, uh, it's the Sunday after Memorial Day. Okay. No, it's the Sunday before Memorial Day. I'm sorry. And so Armed Forces Day always falls somewhere right around Memorial Day. Yeah. Okay. And, And the 500, that is. Yeah, yeah. So officially... Armed Forces Day is the third Saturday in May. Okay. Yep. And so Veterans Day, 
you know, it's as you mentioned, it started off as actually Armistice Day right. back in World War One, and then they changed to Veterans Day, you know, November the 11th. Right. Okay. And then uh, that distinction, as you mentioned, you know, they should have been talking about Armed Services Day as opposed to those people that um, that that are that have once served. Right. So. Right. You know, yeah. the third Saturday, sometimes it hits, as I, I'm sorry, Armed Services Day always hits the week before Memorial Day, usually around the 500 times. So yeah. the third Saturday in May, and then Memorial Day is always the, the uh, last last Monday yeah. in yeah. May. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that should be something that, that uh, people need to be aware of, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it here, you know, that, that'll bring it out. Maybe somebody else will learn something about that. Right, so. right. Yeah, I think it's important. Again, it's 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 one of those things I think we've we've lost touch with uh, in this country because we don't we don't have civics anymore. Yeah. You know, we, we don't we don't have civics classes anymore to to educate kids about, you know, what 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 goes on in this country, you know, right, and I, right. I, I think we need to get back to that, man, to, to actually having civics and and understand all these, you know, days we have and, and what's the meaning and this that I think that's important. And so uh, just wanted to throw that out. Just want to throw that out. And uh, I think it wasn't yesterday. Yesterday was Flag Day. Yesterday was Flag Day, right? Flag Day. I think Is November the fourteenth. No, no, no. It's June fourteenth. June. Okay, wrong date. What's yeah. what was yesterday? Yesterday was something. Uh, oh, was it was it Bastille Day in France? No, that's July fourteenth. <laughs> okay, so I thought something was yesterday. Whatever. Uh, I don't man. know. I don't know. Right off the top November of my head. November the fourteenth. There's something unique about November the fourteenth. I don't know. Maybe I got my dates mixed up. No, that's it. There's all. There's something on every. Something I tell you, every day. There's something on every day. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Anyway. I tell you what. Tell you what. We're getting old, man. It is. It is. We're, we're, we're showing our our age, man. Some aspects, you know these these two old guys out here can't remember basic dates, you know so. It's all good, man. But uh, it's all good. Uh, but again, um, great show tonight. I think the discussion was lively. As again, we our motto is we say it like we uh, we see it, and I think we did tonight. We put it out there, and uh, you know, if you feel a certain way about a topic, hey, let us know. Hit us up. Uh, we'd love to have you come on and share your opinion. Uh, we are an equal opportunity podcast. We're here. We're not going anywhere. So. That's all I have to say about that. All right. All right. All right. I understand. And we will continue to move on. As you mentioned, we, we're going to say it like we see it. Uh, some people may support us. Some may, may not. That's fine. Some may, somebody may tune in for one time and go, oh, those guys are too radical or, or too conservative or they just don't know what the hell they're talking about. And sometimes we don't know what the hell we're talking about. You know what? We're talking about something. Right. And we're leaving we're leaving a little something behind that can be a legacy that can be out there until the next True. media come out there. So uh, I will sign off as well. And I'll use my uh, my little bit of Italian I learned when I, while I was stationed in Italy for uh, a year and a half. And that is see you later.
Chileamo Dopo. And I will sign off with Wakanda forever. <laughs>